My question is, how do you spell your name? I've seen it two different ways, now three different ways. With Wait, three different ways. Okay, yes. So Nemo nickname, and okay. uh, officially I spell my name with an I, but that's like um, oh. family. It comes from a French colonized country. So here in Canada, they'll spell it with two E's. Otherwise, people will pronounce it differently because like the I is an E in French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am also from a French colonized colonized country too, so I get it. Um, the I is an E. Yeah, that is. Oh my god, that's why my name is this. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I did. I guess when people ask me how to pronounce my name, I'm like Apollo, and they're like, "Wait, it's an E." Well, they Apollo, and sometimes they say A, and I'm like, "No, it's an I." It's like pronounced like an E, and I never. I never connected the dots, so that's because I'm a I'm a product of French colonization. Oh my goodness, that explains so much. It changes everything because then you see other people and you're like, "How do you pronounce your name?" That's not how it's written. And then you're like, "Oh, you're probably from some colonized country." Oh, I wonder if I would get along really well with French people. I correlate the two, so you do correlate. <laughs> I don't correlate. Poorly. Maybe it's. A- Oh, you don't. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, maybe I would like French people. Well, maybe I would hate them because, you know, they're like my oppressor. And all right, cool. So, um, I don't have an intro yet for this podcast. I'll figure that out later, but we're going to just get right into it. I'm here with Tamain, um, pronounced and spelled, well, spelled T A M I N or T A M E E N. It's up to you, whatever you want. It's actually an M at the end. Another pickup. Is it really? I thought it was an N. No. No, no, I know we're recording, but like that's actually like the number one thing people always put an N. It's I'm always like, oh, so interesting. Yeah, it's yeah like my a roommate. Thing to do is to put the N at the end. Like, oh. I get it. We. I also have a tough name. My roommate texted it out group chat and said and called me Paul, like on the Bible Paul, and I was like. I'm not going to wrap them over text right now, but that's definitely not it. Like, it's not, it's definitely not how it is. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. Welcome to Transient Conversations from Urban Hideout, a podcast designed to inspire and educate anyone who wants to become a digital nomad through conversations with nomads and travelers alike. At Transient Conversations, we believe in balance, community, and exploration. We value authentic connections, foster dynamic communities, and embrace curiosity and inspiration. Today, we're talking to Tamin. Tamin is a 37-year-old self-proclaimed nomad. In fact, the last name means traveler in her native language. She was born and raised in Toronto, but has been traveling since she was a kid and hasn't stopped since. An engineer turned consultant, turned designer, turned entrepreneur. She lived different lives over the years and has found a way to incorporate travel into all of them. She tasted a range of digital nomad experiences, doing short stints abroad, workations, big moves, and weekend adventures with her laptop as a constant companion, trying to figure out the best formula for fulfilling adventures with sustainable experience. Spoiler alert, she's still trying to crack the case. In this transient conversations, we explore how Tamin's career as a business consultant enabled her foray into nomad lifestyle, her experiences living in different countries, particularly in Africa, and her philosophy and approach to finding community and friendship while nomading. Let's get into it. 
Uh, other than your name, tell me about yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, I am uh, calling in from sunny Toronto, Canada. Um, born and raised here. Spent a little stint overseas, which kind of started my passion for um, travel and work combined, I guess. But my background is in, I've had a pretty squiggly life path. So I've done, I was in engineering and then went into MBA and then did management consulting. And that's actually where I started traveling a lot for work around the world. Um, got the travel bug before that, but that kind of helped. Uh, was not fulfilled in that. So I kind of quit, uh, moved to East Africa and started a solar company there for a little while. Uh, and that's probably where my independent freedom travel type journey begins. Um, yeah, from there, I came back to Toronto because I was homesick. So I've got, since I've been back doing a, a whole bunch of different stuff in the startup field, um, working remote, working for Business Accelerator, working at a tech startup, um, recently kind of quit everything to go on my own. So now I'm trying to freelance and also, you know, build a side company is, you, is how we kind of met really. Um, and yeah, I've been traveling, I think, ever since I was a kid. So excited about this topic there's a lot in there and i did not know most of it well uh, surprise <laughs> wait you were in east africa working on a solo company yeah yes oh kenya my god Rwanda. yeah you were at where kenya and rwanda wow yeah highly recommend highly well recommend. i i i'm from West Africa, so I don't know. We may, I don't know if I have. I'm supposed to have to put East Africa right now, but I've never been. I've never been. So I'll take your word for it. Um, okay, so there's like a lot there. Could you, another one of your questions? I, and because I saw this somewhere and it makes me laugh. Could you explain what a consultant does, a business consultant does? Uh, wow, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> what a great question. This is why I left the industry. Um, what's your type of consultant? But like, not to belittle it, but pretty much companies will pay you a lot of money to tell them what to do. Um, you know, a lot of companies, there's politics. They don't have like the full view of everything that's going on. They're emotionally involved in different elements of their business. So a lot of times they'll hire a consulting firm to come in, do the research, give them recommendations and advice and suggestions on anything and everything for the business. So it could be, yeah. um, I do a lot of like organizational design or pricing strategies or go-to-market strategies, things like that. Um, and it's all stuff that I think most people can understand and grasp, but it, the value was having like third party, like bipartisan people coming in to be like, actually, this is probably the smartest way forward. Um, kind of without the yeah. bag of what you have yeah. internal inside of a company. I think they get there the more, the more in, like I understand the industry and I guess in some ways I'm an internal consultant in my day job. Um, I think they get a bad rap, I, you know, for the most part, because essentially you're just there to help people. All right. I guess one way is you're there to help people, tell people what they already know. But another way to put it is, well, you're there to be the impartial party that says what needs to be said because everyone else is too scared to say it. Yeah. Honestly, feels like, yeah. On top of like, there's a whole bunch of work and research and like validation and all these things. No, 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 no. You're just there to... You're just the internal therapist. None of the research and stuff. They're doing that part. Um, yeah. um, okay, cool. So you, could you, at a high level, how many countries have you lived? Um, well, that's a great question because I don't know what living, what you would constitute for living. I um, would say if you, if you had to, you were not in a hotel. Let's, let's put it that 
not in a hotel. Uh, okay, I'm gonna just guess. Oh. Like five, five, seven. I don't know. Five or seven. I mean, that's a lot. Which ones? So we got Canada, obviously. Canada, uh, Kenya, Rwanda, uh, Lebanon. Recently, London. Um, London's a city, but I get your point. Yeah, you can. Okay, well, free uh, print. Um, recently, Colombia as well. Um, and then I've traveled a lot, but it's mostly Airbnb, short, digital nomads. Mm. So, like, that list is very much long. longer. Yeah. 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 So, I guess from most people leave the management consulting industry. Not most people, sorry, and I, I don't, I don't have any research on this, but I've heard one of the reasons why people leave that industry is because of the travel. That was not the case, Shane. You actually liked the travel. Yeah, I loved the travel. Um, it's definitely different traveling when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, it is the intensity is pretty high. I don't think it, I would have sustained it more than like a few extra years beyond what I was doing because you kind of go out and you've got to like grease the clients and you're. You got to do these big presentations, but also go out with them and then change everything because the client says one thing. So it's pretty intense. Um, yeah. But I was still, I think, young enough and had the energy enough that I was enjoying it. Uh, having said that, I know I would not have enjoyed it beyond, you know, a few years after That's maybe right. more left. What I, what I, I mean, obviously the work side of it is one thing and that, um, or what aspects of the travel did you enjoy most? And have you tried to kind of, have you tried to keep that alive in, in your experiences? Yeah, I think, um, well, just exposure, like the clients we have were worldwide. So I got to travel on somebody else's dime and see new places, which is like a dream come true, really. Um, and then we were a pretty small consulting firm. So I had a relationship with the CEO and he would be like, yes, yeah, you want to take a vacation, extend it, whatever, stay the weekend. Um, so we did kind of get to craft a little bit of some downtime to really explore. Um, and that was very different traveling than what I would be doing now, because again, it does make a difference if somebody's paying for it. So those are, I would say, more swankier, comfortable, money is no issue type of trips, which is very different than when you leave that world. Like it's like complete 360 or one of so less caviar and more McDonald's is what you're saying? <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, full glow down. Yeah. yeah. So so post that, so I guess, you know, you could argue, somebody's asked me this, and people are asking, like, what exactly qualifies as a nomad? And I, my answer varies, but I've kind of, I've kind of got to a place where I'm like, if you're going somewhere where it's going to be too expensive to stay in a hotel, because you're there for that long, then you're a nomad. Like, that's kind of my, that's like, because I mean, unless you're a baller, a month yeah. in a hotel is probably out of most people's, yeah. you know, budget. And so you go, okay, I'm going to go for an Airbnb or, or something. Like the moment you're like, the hotel doesn't, I can't afford the hotel for how long I'm going to go. I think that's like a rough estimate, but I kind of said to people a month. So for you, when did you, when in, in your head, did you feel like you were a nomad? So I, so I would, I, my version, I guess, in my mind is a bit different how I would define it. I just kind of mm -hmm. define it. And maybe this is just through my lens, but like if I'm working somewhere, that's not my primary address, basically. Mm. And that would be in Canada. Like I've taken three week trips to work somewhere else in Canada. And I still consider that kind of the nomad life. Um, yeah. 
So, wait, sorry, what was the question? I I know it's terrifying. You answered it. You literally answered it. Oh, okay. That was, that was incredible of you. You answered the question and then forgot the question. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> folks, that's it. Yeah. Look, so that's the mental. Basically, you literally, it's if I'm working somewhere else, it's not my primary location. And that could be for, I mean, what's the shortest you've ever done that? Like, a, um, I mean, a weekend here. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't all that nomading because like a weekend I'm probably in New York or I'm probably yeah. in New York. Okay? I don't I don't contextualize it at that stage but like if I was away for a week somewhere else I would so maybe there's a time yeah. element too um, maybe like at least a week or something yeah and then I assume the longest would probably be like well I guess I guess it doesn't count if you're living somewhere for two years does it yeah. maybe it no. does I don't know no, because at that point, so for, again, at that stage, my primary residences, residence was Nairobi. So the moments okay. of like, traveling, maybe I went to Uganda or South Africa, like I traveled around, those would be my nomad hubs. Again, this is just through my lens and Nairobi mm -hmm. would be my living moment, not my digital nomad no point. Yeah. So it feels like the, like there's a before and after and that before, like the midway point was becoming a management consultant. Where before you were probably more so like you're not traveling as much, you were nomading, use that fair to say. And then afterwards, the tra travel became a part of your job and then that infected your lifestyle. Yeah. Correct. I would say I was traveling before, but I wasn't nomading. Again, through the lens of my definition, which is actually working while traveling. Yeah. Well, that was the yeah. yeah. A lot yeah, of a lot, but I wasn't, yeah, nomading. What would you say the difference is? between that type of travel where you're just like, I'm going to go and vacation somewhere versus I'm going to go and work in a different environment? A uh, very loaded question. Um, I think there's a lot of context behind it, but I would say, first of all, like to shut down and actually enjoy and soak up every element of where you are is really difficult for me not vacationing. Um, so like actually being able to shut off fully is a, is a big thing. So you can't really soak in as much as you'd like, but you do get a quite a different unique experience. I'd say when I'm digital nomading, it feels like I'm just living somewhere else, even if it's for just three days, maybe three months, whatever it is. Um, I get a different experience. Whereas if I'm vacationing, I'm probably consuming a lot of content of the city I'm in. And by content, I just mean like tourist sites, go to the beach, food like getting everything in and more of a high-paced high activity um travel versus nomad is a lot more like life balance just like i would at home um a little bit more than i would at home but not quite as extreme as if i'm vacationing in terms of like a jam-packed schedule and having to see all these milestones yeah mm -hmm. what do you i mean some people would say like that's just creating more stress on yourself right like going somewhere else to work you got to like figure out where to where to be all of this stuff but what do you what do you benefit what benefits do you experience while you're nomading yeah i would say in general this might be a personality thing like i don't i'm not a planner um so i don't find it stressful because i don't plan anyways because i don't plan my expectations are pretty set that like listen you didn't plan so this this shit that you created is your own doing so i kind of just let it go and accept it mm -hmm. so it's not so stressful once i go through that thought pattern um, but the benefit, I think the benefit is like I change of scenery. I love a change of scenery in general. Like I'm not somebody who likes um, routine. I like routine in a certain degree, but um, change of scenery is really big and it actually provides 
gives me a boost of creativity and energy. Whereas I know some people that maybe takes away that that's something that drains their cup. But for me, it kind of fills my cup being able to kind of pick up and see a new place, be in a new coffee shop, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, and the second one is just traveling. Like I've always been a traveler. My last name actually is derived from the word of like nomad actually. So it's uh, just like the, the classic benefits of being able to travel, seeing different cultures, trying mm-hmm. different foods, living an adventurous life. Not having to, to do the routine thing, um, and I will say like that comes in waves because that's not a, that's not a way I can live all the time. Kind of comes in, in like bursts. That's interesting. You're you're just beholden to fate, I suppose. You were always meant to be a traveler. Um, what when does it make sense, and when doesn't it make sense? Like when does it feel like yeah, this is the right time to go spend the next three months bouncing around locations versus. I need to stay put and nest myself for a bit. Um, it's a few reasons. One, I would say financial. So like just checking on the finances, especially now I don't have a, a nine to five, so I don't have a consistent paycheck. So I'm freelancing. So a lot of my life will depend on the paycheck I'm getting that month or the lack of paycheck I'm getting that month. Um, yeah. So that's the, the first one really is built around that. Um, the second, I think, is also responsibilities. Um like I don't have any dependents, so it's quite easy for me to pick up and leave, but there's still family responsibilities or, you know, it was a wedding season or my best friend's getting wet, like silly little events that aren't silly, but like that I like to plan around. Like if it feels like, oh, I got a good month where I don't have too many commitments, um, that's probably a time that I'm going to consider. Um, and then also the third one is kind of like a fluffy one, but like any synchronicities, like, you know, I'm somebody my brother the other you know in january is like you know what i'm just gonna go to columbia like okay well i kind of wanted to go somewhere maybe that's fine i'll just leave for a few weeks or somebody's already there something's pulling me there whether that's another person who's there or like you know a whole bunch of deals that i'm getting all of a sudden to a certain place in the world um that's kind of the third part Mm. that that kind of relates to my next question around where you choose to go um how do you make those decisions? I mean, there's so many options now. I mean, like a global citizen like yourself, I'm sure you're just flying through airport security now. So you don't have to think about that too much. Where do you, how do you make your choice of where to go and how long to stay and all that? And so, I would say where to go is usually based on who's there. <laughs> um, I do have like, I, I'm a pretty social person. I've got a pretty wide network, even though like it's not, may, might not be the deepest. Um, like in terms of depth of like relationships, but I know a lot of people, a lot of people crashed at my place and like, I have a very transient wide circle. So if somebody in my circle is going somewhere or they mentioned that I'm going to be here for a few months, why don't you come? That's usually, I kind of wait for an invitation, not wait, but like, that is really the biggest impetus to go. Um, I'd say in this latter, like this part of my life, um, because I, I, one of the hardest part I think about the digital nomad style is the social, the connection, the la- the loneliness, all that kind of stuff. So like I'm now at a place where I prefer to do things with other people that I know, even if it's not like my best friend in the world. It could be somebody I met like twice and it's just like, yeah, come on, like go to spare bedroom, college, fun. Um, that's usually where I decide to go. Mm-hmm. And it always depends on price. Price is like, it's just, I'm, that's where I am in my life. I still have to. Um, take into consideration price. So if the price is not for work, it's probably, um, yeah, it's off the list. 
that's yeah. the biggest thing. Uh, and I try not to go to places I've been to before, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm kind of a sucker. Someone's like, oh, I'm in Lisbon. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. And even though I've been there, let me check. I'll come back. Why not? Uh, so that's usually that. And then in terms of how long to stay it again, it just kind of depends on uh, what's happening in life. If there's something to fly back for or something to be home for. Also, if I can rent my apartment out pretty easily. Um, that kind of, it's like a whole bunch of different things. It's like, it's got to be at least like 10 variables, micro variables. I don't even know exists that goes through. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is, that is interesting. Like you're, there's like, a, as you mentioned, right, the financial aspect is a social aspect. Um, and those two have to line up nicely and on both sides, right? Are you, is there, do you have money saved up or is there money to be made? And then do you have social obligations or do you have social connections where you're going? That's an interesting um, framework, I suppose, that th as you're thinking about it. Yeah. Nice. I like the way you summarized it. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you mentioned in the aspect the, the community and social and lonely aspect of red being lonely. I guess it, you, it sounds like now you're like, okay, I, I only go where they're, where I'm wanted almost. Um, is that, is that the case? Or uh, when you were younger, you went more randomly and and experienced more uh, slowdown, or have you always kind of managed to navigate the the loneliness uh, challenge well? I think when I was like previously in my life, it would be easier to get people to join me. So I actually didn't do too much alone. Um, besides like the large moves, like to Kenya, that like those big moves. But if I was going somewhere, there's often a chance somebody was going to overlap or come for a little bit or something like that. So it wasn't too hard. Um, I just think like as you get older, people have responsibilities, they get married, they have kids, they got now nine to fives, they have, they can't leave anymore. So it's harder to like rally people to come. So mm -hmm. now it's kind of like, instead of me inviting people and then saying yes, now it's me kind of waiting for the open invitation um, yeah. aspect of it. So I actually think before was not actually as lonely because I usually would do it with other people and then that would give me a good balance because i like uh, you know i like people but i also like discovering new people so i i it's not like i want someone and we're just a crutch a cluck crutch did i say mm -hmm. a crutch, crutch. For sure. yeah where we don't yeah. like expand our circles or try new things or strike up a new conversation um so i do like that balance what's your what's your go-to move when you're you when you're in a new city or right. like a and you're like, okay, I need to make friends. No, or, or I want to make friends. Uh, what's your go-to moves and such? Um, Go-to moves. There's not many great ones. Um, I'll usually, first of all, if I'm going somewhere, I'm probably going to coffee shops. So I prefer mm. shops over co-working spaces. I feel like, mm -hmm. oh, you can see other people. You can start some small chat. And then, like, I, sh I have, like, kind of very little shame in being, like, I'm new here and I need something to do, like, can you adopt me for the night? Or like, is there anything? <laughs> okay. Just, what do I do? Like, give me the inside scoop. Um, and these, like other nomads are also locals. It, it's, that's not the way I operate when I'm in my hometown. But like, if I'm traveling, I have no problem. Just like making friends. Um, we're going to say friends, but you know, um, connections and stuff. So I would, you know, go to a bar or go to a show or see what's, what events are happening. One place I went to like a poetry slam another place so it's like let me go watch a football match 
Um, so I'll try and take myself out to different activities and just see if I can like bump into people. Tried the hostel bar things, which I think works in some situations. Um, we're basically just like going to the bars of the hostels and activities of the hostels because you know everybody there's also a bit transient, so mm -hmm. kind of easier. Everyone wants to chat, um, so that's really easy to to make a move as well. Um, and there's some other places. What I really loved, I I didn't stay long enough, but a friend of mine was in, uh, I forget where in Mexico, but they had these actual like WhatsApp groups for digital nomads to connect. So people were connecting, and they started like there's a basketball one, so. Anybody in the area who wants to play basketball, they pay, play pickup, and it's all, generally speaking, like the expats who come through um, or the digital nomads who come through. And there's, you know, they have this whole laundry list of like WhatsApp groups that you could join so you could find people to, to kind of hang out with if you were there for like a few months. Um, making it easy instead of like, I don't know, just roaming the city and hoping to find something. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, wow, it seems like you have a lot of, you do have, you don't have a go-to move. You have a, you have a whole playbook ready to go, depending on where you are, how you're feeling. Um, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't put a pen to paper and broken it down for folks. Yeah. Um, what would you, what, how would you describe the experience um, as it relates to how you feel? Like, let me rephrase that. Are there certain things you've discovered about yourself while you've been nomading or ask like through the experience as you look back on your life, like, oh, wow, like I've changed in this way because of my, I guess, nomad in the lifestyle? Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think um, first there's like realizations and then also changes. So like some realizations I realized like, I'm an introverted extrovert, like an extroverted introvert, whatever. I don't know the order of it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Kind of gives me that, um, shows me that because I, people always, you know, I generally an extrovert. I like hanging out with people. People fill my cup. But a digital nomading experience made me realize I also kind of need the downtime. Downtime for me can sometimes look like going to dance with a whole bunch of strangers I don't know or like leave me alone. I need like eight hours mm -hmm. solo. And it's kind of mm -hmm. both. Yeah. I think I have a better handle on like, when what fills my cup and when because it kind of fluctuates it can be different things at different times um yeah. and I, that experience has helped bring awareness to that because you're kind of more in extreme situations i guess um not extreme but like you're a bit more vulnerable you're not on your home base so like yeah more. um yeah yeah and then in terms of like changes i don't know if changes but i think um just Honestly, I think it's made me like people more. I know generally speaking, people I was like, I just hate people. I don't know, I'm just like, oh, I just hate people. Oh, I hate people. Like, I hate people. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the more you see, I feel like the more you see, the less you know, but like in a really liberating way of just like your judgment just dissipates or starts, I don't know where it went, but like the judgment is gone. Um, or uh, probably not fully gone, but like less um yeah kind of more i don't know become more thirsty to like hear about this is the wrong word but excited to hear about people's like life or where they're coming from and like being okay to be like listen i'm not trying to make like deep tier one friends all the time sometimes it's nice just to hear someone else's story say goodbye okay. them again and then just pull that memory um but yeah i think in general i think it's actually made me yeah uh, like like people and like 
little bit more. I think I already have a lot of empathy, but like next level empathy, mm-hmm. uh, especially when people come visit Toronto, for example, where I live, you see somebody who's not from there and you're just like, oh, I can relate. Why don't you come hang out with my friend? Like, I invite everybody and their friends to everything me and my friends are doing. And we're all like that. And I think it's because we've kind of had those experiences where we felt a little like, what do I do? I want the local experience. I don't know anybody. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think changes. That's another one. Another change. Do you know the funniest thing about your answer is not what you said, but the way I reacted to it was yeah. like, I like people. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Oh, what which is kind of weird because I'm the same way. I actually like people and my, I think because of my travels, I've become, I've become fonder of different types of people. But yeah. my reaction to it was a, like a shock. Like, <laughs> you mean more accepted. I was like, wait, that's weird that I reacted that way. But, <laughs> but I think, I think what you're getting at is like, once you start to just see so many different parts of the world and meet different people in different cultures, your, your range of the type of person that you're like, oh, that's an interesting person that I, I would talk to or hang out with starts to expand over time. You feel that way? Yeah, huge. Like I have, like, I feel like I connect, I'm going to say friends, but like, I think even friendship is a spectrum of how deep you go. But I have friends who are like young tweens and then people who are grandparents and like, mm-hmm. there's just like the network is now, I don't know, the the labels and the identities. I feel like mm-hmm. that attached people doesn't, doesn't really matter as much to me anymore as maybe it did. Um, and it's just more about connecting over something. Um, and I also think like um, expanding in terms of like, you know, not even just chilling and hanging out with like the kind people. Like I see a lot of people who might be having a bad day or jerks or this or what we might call them like that. But it's like, okay, well, I've seen the world. I don't know what you're going through, but I've seen what the world is going through and it ain't cute. So maybe you're going through some of that too. I don't know. So building a little bit more tolerance, empathy. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And empathy. Uh, to to not just accept them, but like still, I can still have a conversation with them. Like I'm 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 pretty okay to still try to connect with those people. Whereas you know, other friends might be like, "Don't waste your time." Like, mm-hmm. just, um, but yeah, it's expanded my my friendship circle. Uh, but I wouldn't say again, it's not like deep, crazy, intimate friendships, uh, which is okay too. Because you kind of need all levels of friendships. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I... I love, it sounds like you have in your head, maybe you're not like me because I'm a weirdo. I have frameworks for everything. It's, but when I hear you talk, I'm like, oh, you've mentioned tier one friends and levels of friendships and stuff. So it sounds like in your head, you kind of have a general sense of like different concentric circles of friendships, uh, which I think is actually healthy and and um, very like a, like proven to be the way you should live your life if you can, to have different depths of friendship high level i mean really deep meaningful ones and then shallow uh i don't know what the word is non-recurrent is that the word i'm going to use sure that's the word i'm going to use like that like having a bunch of those is really helpful for for living a healthy and fun life yeah um have you have you noted have you discovered anything or sorry have you found some interesting benefits from some of those more distant and non-recurrent and shallow relationships um big time uh i think first off they're like a moment of joy and levity that you know a lot of deeper friendships especially the older you get the deeper shit 
dance. Like, on yeah, yeah. Camp. And, like every time you get together, it's got to be this whole thing mm-hmm. about like all the deep stuff. Um, yeah. it's really nice to connect to people who like you don't want to give them that stuff. You don't want to talk about that stuff. And you can just talk about the weather. And like weirdly enough, you're just like, wow, that was the best small talk I had and I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think like a levity and joy. Um, they bring that. I also think like a, a weird level of like, I don't know, this sounds really spiritual maybe, but like a connection to the earth or to the world or to the universe. Mm-hmm. Of just like, I don't know, being okay to like connect with someone, see someone and then kind of let them go and like have, like I mentioned before, like having that memory. There's something really internal. It's hard to like verbalize but something really wholesome and fulfilling that you could just like do that and know that you're also held in their memory and you're never going to see them again um mm. i would say there's so many that have like randomly come back into my life or you randomly meet up or like three years later you know you see oh we're both in the same city should we go catch a coffee like there's almost like a this element of like serendipity that happens when you kind of just have these moments of interaction and then kind of dissipate um it can mm-hmm. be crazy moments um, yeah i love them yeah I, yeah well i i guess for me the way i would sum that up is like life is long and you know there's there's so many different ways connections can reappear and and we you know reunite and transform and so one you know like i i i kept, i'm trying to think like i mean i i've moved back to new york now yeah uh, again and then the relationships I had initially uh, in New York when I was first in Europe that I, I were probably not that deep. Like, honestly, like, I barely got out with them, you know, we, we, like particularly coworkers in my old job. Now I'm have like really deep relationship with them because I'm, I don't know what it is. We're in different points in our lives and, and it's just, you know, different. Um, so I think that's kind of, to your point, like really interesting, like how you don't always want every relationship to be deep but at the same time you know they change over time right so some relationships become deeper some become more shallow and that's okay like it is what it is and and like keeping that wide net a web of a friendship allows that to happen and and create moments of serendipity and connection which is gonna you know what makes life pretty beautiful yeah i mean it's also easy to i mean i think it, it's a different conversation to maybe for journey different stages of digital nomading where mm-hmm. you crave that intimacy or deepness a little bit more especially if you've been mm-hmm. gone for a while so like I, I think my lens is really coming from like the last few years where my sh- stints are shorter and mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm coming back like i know coming back to those deep relationships and i have that stability still in my life and those moments like thinking back to it when i was like nobody it's just me for the rest the next few months like oh my yeah. god sucks. And then you kind of, your cravings kind of change a little bit. And it's really, really hard because like, if you're living a transient life, you're naturally, your relationships are going to become transient as well. Like those are the kinds of people you're meeting. We're going in and out of each other's lives. So it's a bit of a different craving, but. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I, I am, we're going to close out here in a little bit, but I think what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting from you is you have a really strong sense of yourself and what your needs are and, and like you're accept you accept that your needs change depending on you know time of time of the year or whatever else is going on in your life which is i which to me is a kind of symbolic of what the experience of being a nomad is like it's giving yourself the freedom 
to experience the world and life differently at different points and being okay with that. Like, okay, you know what, this month I want to, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be confused as hell because I don't speak the language much. Or this month I want to go somewhere where I can be surrounded by people nonstop because I want to go to a big city or the opposite. I want to be away from people and, and being in a rural environment and kind of giving yourself permission to go with your moods and fulfill your needs as they come. Is that fair? That, yeah, that is a great, great recap. And I think that's um like, that's a big lesson. Again, like I'm way through, I'm in my past the initial phases of the journey. Uh, but like, uh, that's something really important to remember, I think, for people, because if you can't accept, I think, or allow those experiences to happen, you're going to kind of fight it and get real resentful, especially if you're going on to a digital nomad life. But if you can kind of approach it more openly, like, listen, I'm just going to have the experience I'm going to have. This one's shit. But like, that doesn't mean I should repeat that. Maybe this is just not what I need right now. And if you could cultivate a level of self-awareness and self-love uh, to know that way, to be able to figure out what you need or what you don't need um, and be okay that it changes. Because I think a lot of people get paralyzed with the fact that I don't know what I want and like, mm so long into the future that like my next move is my forever move. It's not like mm. your next move is just your next move. Like the world is always changing. You can try and go to countries, speak no length that you don't speak the language and be like, oh, this is exactly the chaos I don't need in my life right now. I'm never doing this again. No, you just <laughs> right now. Maybe your life is chaotic. You just need some stability. Like yeah. you need to let those moments, I think, happen. And hopefully people don't discount them from ever like revisiting them. Mm. You know, it might serve you in a few months, it might a day, a few weeks, three years. It might be the thing that you actually do need or crave. For mm -hmm. I love that thought. Um, yeah, because I that is that is a really beautiful way to think about it. Of like, at the end of the day, your 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 life is well, like the world is always changing. You're always changing, and once you accept those two facts, then you're more open and willing to try things and and live the nomad lifestyle. And that, and actually the nomad lifestyle may actually be more conducive to being human in some ways, because it gives you the opportunity to continue to explore the world and yourself, um, because travel forces you to like explore yourself at the end of the day. Um, man, damn, this is kind of so I'm going real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> traveling and philosophy. See? Oh man, I'm sure there's like, a, I'm sure there's somebody out there writing a really great philosophy. Uh, yeah. uh, thesis, uh, thanks to Nomad Life. Um, all right, well, we're going to go into the rapid hideout, which I still think is a bad name because it doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm trying stuff and figuring gotta, it out as I go. You've got to ask ChatGPT for some naming options. Do you know what's hilarious though? I did use ChatGPT to help me like create the, like, forget the, the format of the podcast and it did a pretty good job. Like, so maybe I will. I use it for naming conventions all the time. Oh yeah. my! I mean, like ChatGPT. How can I become a better podcaster? And I'm like, you can't. Anyway, um, okay. So let's let's uh let's let's uh go through a, a rapid fire of questions. Um, the first is, uh, what's your favorite city to work from? Oh, favorite city to work from. I'm gonna say Medellin. Oh, look at yep. you! All right. One of my uh one of my business partners actually is from Medellin, he, but he's now in Spain. He just played, literally like, like two days ago, he's, he's living a nomad lifestyle as he should and yeah. uh, just less. Um, 
he says really lovely things about it. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, your go-to productivity hack. You got to get shit done in the next couple of hours. What do you do? Uh, I use a podcast called Flow State, and it's like a structured... Is it structured like 60 to 90 minutes, depending which one you choose, of like uh, some lo-fi music with scheduled breaks. So it's like my, oh. it's like a, my preset timer, but with some good music. Wow. So there's a podcast called Flow State that literally gives you the idea, like helps you structure your working time. It's a full playlist. It's just like you press wow. play and it got, it's all like original music too by the guy who, who runs it. And then he makes you, he doesn't make you, but he's like, okay, schedule a five-minute break. It's better that for is, you. That is actually pretty genius. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Early bird or night owl? Uh, both. I know I hate that answer, but like both. I'm like that, a never. More <laughs> life. More life. That's right. Water. More life. More life. Yeah. You're, you're, you are really from Toronto. You and Drake. More life. More everything. <laughs> right. Um, uh, beaches or mountains? Uh, okay. I want to say both, but I just said both. So I'll say beaches. Mm. Uh, well, one of my first guests was like, no, neither. Get me in the fucking city. I don't want to either. So that's always an option. No, 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 no. There's no way. Yeah. Um, uh, coffee shop or co-working space? Coffee shop. Mm. Why? You just hate people. You don't want to be around. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's um, why I love people. That's why I go to coffee shops. Co-working oh, yeah, that's that's true. They're there. But here, like, they're kind of stale now. People don't talk to each other. Kind of staying mm-hmm. your late. I'm like, what? Where yeah. did the energy go? Mm-hmm. The last book you read. Oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. I don't remember the name of it, so I'll go with the book before that. It was Atomic Habits by James Clare. Great book. Great book. I read it in the middle of the pandemic. You know, really, really find it. Powerful habit um, driver, for sure. It's a great book. Um what favorite travel accessory favorite travel accessory uh i don't think i have one my my i'll say my i don't know how to pronounce it fall raven backpack well fall raven backpack it's uh, one of those ones that have like a million pockets but looks really slim no it's like two pockets mm-hmm. for reason it's like the most durable thing i've ever had it's great for hiking great for little trips and it rolls up into like a decent size. Um, I take it everywhere. I don't have it anymore. It got stolen, but I, t- I used to take it everywhere. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Maybe so, maybe you can get a new one yeah. by the magic of this podcast. Um, and then the last one, go to app for remote work. Whoa. Is it cheating if I say none? I don't app. I hate apps. I don't, I go on airplane mode. I'm, I'm, I don't even know there's mm. apps for remote work. Well, we had an answer of um, Google, Google Workspace, which is like, you know, one of the first guests was an entrepreneur and he was like, it's just, I use it for everything because I'm running my business, all my, all my files and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, like I would, pro- I would probably say you too. I like to distract okay. myself. You can, use any, <laughs> you can use any app. I mean, this is sad, but maybe my currency converter. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. you're traveling yeah. everywhere. You're trying yeah. to pay for shit. You're like, how much is this costing me? You know, yeah. I, um, that's a smart one. I like it. Currency converter. Big baller like yourself. You got you to keep that, you know, keep having that change. I know. Um, dollar fifty. I need to know these things. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, Timin with, with an I or an double E and an <laughs> M sometimes. Um, thanks so much for being my, uh, urban hideout remote dreamers podcast guest. Um, really long name for a podcast. Um, but thanks so much. Really appreciate the conversation and any insights uh, that you're sharing with folks. Thank you. Thanks, Apollo, for having me. Chat later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for joining us in Transient Conversations from Urban Hideout. We hope we brought you one step closer to living a digital nomad lifestyle. Be sure to check out urbanhideout.co and try out our new Vibe Checker, where you can learn about what people are saying and feeling about your next destinations. We're all about the vibes from people living and working on the ground, giving you vibes over ratings. Well, until next time, this is your host, Apollo Bo, signing off.